Questions still remain about what kind of abortion legislation Indiana lawmakers may propose. This week, we're hearing from Governor Eric Holcomb and discussing the backlash over Attorney General Todd Rokita's remarks on a local abortion doctor. Plus, inflation at a 40-year high. We'll talk with Indiana lawmakers on both sides of the aisle right now on this week's edition of In Focus. Thanks so much for joining us. As we wait on the abortion debate to play out at the State House, we saw it play out this week in a very real way with a case involving a 10-year-old rape victim who came here to Indiana to get an abortion. But that's just the start of the story. Kristen Eskow joins us now with reaction and the latest on the looming abortion debate here in Indiana. Kristen? Dan, Indiana made national headlines because of this case involving a 10-year-old rape victim who came from Ohio to Indiana to get an abortion, something the president referenced in a speech earlier this month. This isn't some imagined horror. It's already happening. Just last week, it was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim in Ohio, 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana. Now, while some initially expressed doubts about that story, we learned earlier this week that a man is now facing charges with the rape of that 10-year-old girl in Ohio. During the court proceedings, attorneys confirmed the girl had an abortion in Indianapolis. Right after that hearing, Indiana Attorney General Tondra Okita announced he was investigating the doctor who performed the abortion. He implied without evidence that the doctor did not report the procedure as required by law. Then we have the rape, and then we have this uh, abortion activist acting as a doctor with a history of failing to report. So we're gathering the information, we're gathering the evidence as we speak, and we're going to fight this uh, to the end, uh, including looking at her licensure. Uh, if she failed to report. Less than 24 hours after Rokita's interview on Fox News, we learned Dr. Caitlin Bernard had indeed filed the appropriate paperwork with the state. An attorney for Dr. Bernard released a statement Thursday evening saying that the doctor has not violated any laws in regards to this case. The attorney also says they are considering, quote, legal action against those who have smeared Dr. Bernard, including the attorney general. The statement adds, quote, we know that all the facts will come out in time. Dr. Bernard's employers at IU Health also released a statement on Friday saying they found the doctor complied with privacy laws. Indiana Senate Democrats had this response to Rokita's remarks. Quote, instead of apologizing for his egregious claim that the story of a child seeking a, an abortion in Indiana was false, our AG has chosen to pivot baselessly attacking a doctor for doing her job and providing potentially life-saving health care to a child in need. Now, all this comes as state lawmakers get ready to meet about a week from now for a special session at the State House. This past week, I caught up with Governor Holcomb, who backed away from some of his previous statements about having no red lines on what kind of legislation he'd like to see from lawmakers. I am reserving comment until we see a bill. That does not mean, as I've seen printed, uh, that I am not involved in the discussions with the legislative, again, members and leaders. What I meant was I have not laid out any ultimatums to say this is what should be in or shouldn't be in or can be in or couldn't be in for me. Again, lawmakers will gather July 25th, a week from Monday, as the special session gets underway at the State House.
In the newsroom, I'm Kristen Escal. Dan, back to you. Okay, Kristen, thanks. We'll talk much more about all of that here coming up. We appreciate it. Well, also this week, major developments on inflation. Now at 9.1%, that's the highest inflation level in 40 years. Surging prices for rent, gas, food contributing to this overall increase. And though gas prices are finally starting to come down, this week's report brings new concerns about the potential impact all this could have on the economy moving forward. Anna Wernicke has more from our Washington Bureau. Inflation has reached a new 40-year high. In a report released Wednesday, the Labor Department says consumer prices jumped 9.1 percent since last June. These are staggeringly, staggeringly bad numbers. Republicans quickly pointed the blame at President Biden. Indiana Senator Todd Young says Americans are now paying the price for the president's bad policies. Look, inflation is already forcing the average U.S. household to spend an extra $5,200 this year. The report shows prices are up for everything, ranging from food to rent, with rising gas and energy prices contributing the most to the surge. President Biden called the inflation report unacceptably high, but says the numbers are already out of date because they don't include the recent 40 cent drop in gas prices since mid-June. The American people are sick and tired of struggling to pay for the basic necessities of Life. Still, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders says Americans need relief. He says the solution is to raise taxes on some high-earning Americans. But Oklahoma Republican James Langford says that will just cause inflation to keep rising. They're literally working to make a bad situation worse. Anna Wernicke reporting. Anna, thank you so much. We heard there from Senator Todd Young. I also had the chance to talk with Senator Mike Braun as part of our special town hall on inflation this past week called Your Money in Focus. I asked Senator Braun what it will take to fix the situation. I think there will be some flex back towards normal because it was very good pre-COVID. But some of the things we've done, I think it's going to be difficult to kind of uh, mitigate other than just working it out of the system because inflation is hard to get rid of. Uh, Fed has very few tools. Yeah to make an impact, and I think we're where we are, and it's going to be difficult to get away from it. Now, in that town hall this past week, my colleagues Bob Donaldson and Birchelle Edme also spoke with several state lawmakers about inflation and about the governor's plan to return more money to Hoosiers, $225 worth for inflation relief. We asked if lawmakers are likely to approve that plan when they meet in special session later this month. Right now, of course, nothing's in concrete, but I, I believe that, at least from the House perspective, we're moving that direction compared to what the governor has proposed. And so you can kind of expect to see CSB within, in very close range of what the governor's at. I think as we continue this debate and move forward to the 225, I think we need to expand it to other groups within the state of Indiana. Uh, social, people with Social Security, they haven't filed. Uh, people with disabilities, it also hasn't filed. Now, we also spoke with Congressman Andre Carson as part of our town hall, Your Money in Focus. While inflation numbers have been very high, Carson also pointed to recent employment numbers, which he says paint a slightly different picture. I think it's important to note that in the midst of high inflation, the U.S. created uh, 372,000 jobs just last month. And under the leadership of President Biden and our Democratic majorities in Congress, We've, we've recovered uh, the total number of private sector jobs lost 
since the beginning of the pandemic. Some economists, though, have said all of that money being infused in the economy helped contribute to the inflation we're experiencing. Do you think that's the case at all? I, I, I think it's a part of it, uh, obviously. But, you know, it, it's important to note that unemployment has come down by 3.6% uh, more than the last three years, faster than expected. But, you know, even with economic improvement, uh, the president and okay. those of us in Congress, we understand how high prices can hurt who's your okay. families. All right. Now, this week, I also spoke with Carson's opponent in this year's midterm election, Republican Angela Grabowski. I'm running because I want everybody in Indianapolis and all around the country to have the same freedom and opportunities. And unfortunately, until we put a stop to policies that are coming from Biden's, Pelosi's and Carson's administration, I don't see that happening. So there are a couple of things that I would do should I get elected. So number one, we have to balance the budget. We see that uh, money that were printed over the last couple of years, and now we have 31, almost $31 trillion in debt, are causing inflation. This definitely has to stop. Small businesses uh, already having hard time surviving. They're not going to be able to transfer that increasing cost of the inflation to consumers for much longer. And again, because of the regulations and extra cost, uh, they're considering closing a lot of businesses, which can cause, an, uh, again, a pretty deep recession. Some Democrats have pointed out that, yes, while the economy has not been great here, it's suffering in other parts of the world as well as, as, the, the, entire, uh, as the entire globe deals with some of the impacts of this war mm -hmm. overseas uh, in Ukraine, in your native Ukraine, and the impact that that's had uh, on energy prices really worldwide. I is there some truth to that? How do we deal with this situation globally right now? Nothing different is happening uh, overseas. So Europe is doing pretty much the same thing that U.S. does. Uh, they're fighting their energy independence, and because of the war and sanctions or gas prices and sanctions against Russia and an ability of the Ukraine to transfer uh, any of their produce and anything else that the world is dependent on from those two countries. Again, prices are going up. Inflation is higher. All right, more of that interview online, including why she opposes a federal abortion ban. Grabowski, as we mentioned, a native of Ukraine, so is current 5th District Representative Victoria Sparts, who spoke with Fox News this week about Ukraine. As Americans, we're spending a lot of money and a lot of resources. We cannot have another Afghanistan. President Biden have to have a clear strategy, and we need to be able to make sure, you know, that this money is spent efficiently, and also that we have ability to be accountable to our taxpayers. Sparks critical there of President Biden and also some members of the Ukrainian government as well. We also heard recently from Sparks' opponent in this year's midterm, Democratic candidate Janine Lee Lake, who says the Supreme Court's ruling on abortion will be a big motivating factor for women voting in this year's midterms. On a state level and on a federal level, um, I think it has really huge ramifications for half the population. I mean, you know, females make up half the population. So you're talking about 176 million Americans that are going to be affected by this. I think this particular issue, Dan, I think it's really going to push uh, women out there uh, that don't want government involved in their personal health care decisions.
All right. Also in the news this week, another hearing from the Congressional Committee investigating January 6th focused on the white nationalist and militant groups that had planned to storm the Capitol building. The committee heard from former members of the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys. They also shared videos of far right commentators encouraging the riot and a tweet from former President Trump calling on supporters to, quote, be wild at the Capitol. Well, up next, we'll talk with our panel about the attorney general's remarks targeting a local doctor amidst this latest battle over abortion law and COVID cases back on the rise while Indiana doctors also watch for the latest on the monkeypox virus. We'll have the latest straight ahead. All right, welcome back. Time to bring in our panel right now with us here in studio today. Abdul Hakim Shabazz from IndiePolitics.org and Casey Smith from the Indiana Capital Chronicle. And joining us on Zoom, former communications director for the Indiana Democrats, Jennifer Wagner Chartier, and former GOP lawmaker, Mike Murphy. Our thanks to you all for being here. I'm going to start with you, Casey, and the situation here involving the attorney general going after the local doctor who performed the abortion on the 10-year-old rape victim from Ohio. A lot of reaction to this situation already. What are you hearing from people about the events of these past few days? Yeah, so we haven't heard a whole lot from lawmakers yet, but what we do know is that this has been an example of how inflammatory the abortion uh, topic uh, really is. And I think for Republicans, um, it's uh, highlighting how it, you know contentious this is, not just for them behind the scenes, but obviously for for everyone else, we haven't seen uh, the bill that they're going to propose yet. We do expect um, an early version of that to drop this coming week, though. So we may see some of this discourse reflected in whatever they propose in yeah. that bill. The, the attorney general certainly has, has been very visible on issues like this. And Abdul, you've been critical of the AG on various topics here in, in recent years. Where do you think this ranks in, in, in terms of the, the many controversial situations that he's found himself in lately or, or inserted himself into? Well, this one uh, has a number of different levels to it. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Kathleen Delaney sent a cease and desist letter to the Attorney General, uh, which is sort of the first step towards litigation, uh, because some of the things that the Attorney General said could be considered false light and, and defamatory. Uh, also, I think, too, this, this once again, this complicates the abortion issue, because as Roe v. Wade is turned back to the states, some states will outlaw abortion, some states will keep it, and you'll have people sort of traveling back and forth across state lines. Now, like, hey, is there a rape report? You know, is there a DCS report? Uh, this is a lot more complicated than people think, and I, and I frankly wish the Attorney General would sometimes just stop talking, just get all the facts first before he opens up his mouth. Uh, Jennifer, what, what are your thoughts here, not only on, on the Attorney General's handling of this situation, but also where we're headed here uh, on this issue as a state and as a nation? Well, I agree with Abdul. I think that, uh, you know, Todd Rakita would be well served uh, stopping his mouth from moving and the words from coming out of it, or at the very least getting his facts straight before he opens his mouth. Uh, but honestly, he loves it when people talk about him. So I don't want to talk about him. Um, I'm really interested to read the, the bill that's coming out in the, uh, in the coming week, um, because I'm a little bit tired of hearing from the party that preaches individual liberty that they want to carve out some pretty big exceptions for, you know, people who are able to bear children. And I'm really interested to see how this all shakes out, um, because obviously this is a more complicated issue than I think they, they and the governor originally assumed that it would be. Um, and I think, quite honestly, this is a losing issue for Republicans with women and with younger voters. Mike, your response to that is this going to be a complicated issue for Republicans, perhaps more complicated than they'd, than they'd first envisioned? And, and do you think there are Republicans who are disappointed the AG took things uh, as far as he did this week? Well, that's I two different questions. Um, let's start with the abortion thing. First of all, I, I, uh, I have to remind people that in the Declaration of Independence, one of the first, the, the first word or the most important passage in that declaration is the word life. 
that we have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And somehow life gets dropped by the Democrats every single time this issue comes up. I don't think it's going to be so difficult for Republicans. Polls are showing there are two issues out there right now nationally, and they're called the two Gs, gas and groceries. The the pro-choice, pro-life issue is going to make some Democrats more Democratic, make them come back home, so to speak, to their party, and some Republicans more Republican. It's not going to make any major changes in the election. They're talking five or six percent here. The uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to Rokita, yeah. um, I have to agree with everybody. I mean, it was a very Burton-esque movement on his part to rush okay. to the TV cameras before he had the facts. Okay. Instead, he 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 stepped on his, his own uh, toes. Okay. Okay. Well, well, we'll certainly talk more about that as well. We, we do want to talk more about the potential legislation that we're about to see here, Casey. Uh, the governor this week also kind of walking back some of the comments that he'd made previously about having no red lines when it comes to what kind of legislation that he would support. He, he did. He, uh, he did try to walk back some of his words there. He uh, corrected himself to say that he um, doesn't have any ultimatums. Uh, he was not clear on what pieces um, of, of a bill he, he would or wouldn't support specifically. Um, what we are hearing is that we, we may not see a full ban um, that's in that first bill that, that comes uh, across the table this week. Uh, but lawmakers are still being very quiet. Uh, we still yeah. probably have a few more days. Uh, Abdul, what are you hearing about what kind of legislation that we might see here in the coming days? Uh, from lawmakers I've spoken to uh, on background, I'm hearing the exceptions for the life of the mother, uh, rape and incest, I'm also hearing no criminal penalties for women who get abortions or doctors who get abortions. Also can say this, uh, Republicans have been polling this issue as well with a lot of their constituents to see sort of where the constituents are. And I'm also hearing that, uh, on the, at least on the House side, it'll be a female lawmaker who actually sponsors the legislation. And, and Jennifer, you alluded to it earlier. Do you think the controversy we've seen this past week, uh, what impact do you think that will have here on Republicans as they seek to enact legislation here? Does this change uh, some of the political landscape on this issue somewhat, at least in terms of some of the proposals we've seen out there from attorney Jim Bopp and others who've called for a law with no exceptions? I, I think it absolutely does change the landscape for the, the sought after suburban, you know, upper middle class female voter that honestly was swinging back a little bit more toward the Republican Party with some of the issues that were happening in education and masks and vaccines. And I think you're going to see a, a swing back toward the, the more left side of the equilibrium because we're not having a special session about access to health care, cost of health care, family medical leave, pre-K, K-12 funding, any of those things. And I think women in particular are smart enough to realize uh, that we're actually only talking about unborn kiddos and uh, pregnant women. And we're not actually talking about what happens to life outside of those circumstances. Mike, quickly, 30 seconds, your response to that. Well, again, go back to the, you know, what is life? If you, if you believe that, that, that babies are alive uh, in, in the womb, then you have no choice to protect life. And I happen, and I think a lot of Americans happen to believe that's the case. Okay, Mike, thank you so much. Our thanks to the entire panel. They'll be back here in a few minutes. Coming up next, COVID cases back on the rise while Indiana doctors also watch for the latest on the monkeypox virus. Stick around, we'll have the latest coming up. This is slowly spreading throughout the, the country. You know, we started out with COVID in a very similar way. So make sure we're taking this seriously. 
Health officials are putting out warnings as more cases of monkeypox are reported in Indiana. The CDC now reports at least 16 confirmed cases, including two identified last week in Indianapolis. Health officials are urging people to take this seriously, but they say there's no need to panic. The disease is most commonly spread through direct contact with monkeypox sores. People infected develop sores that look similar to pimples or sometimes rashes. They say the best way to prevent it is to wash your hands and avoid anyone who may have the disease. Meantime, the state health department is also reporting a relatively high number of COVID-19 cases. The state's dashboard showing more than 1,500 cases reported per day. More than 650 Hoosiers in the hospital now with COVID-19 cases. That number has more than doubled just in the last month. Well, also in the midst of a contentious week in the news, these uh, rather inspiring and hopeful images from outer space. NASA releasing the first high-definition, full-color pictures from the James Webb Telescope, a higher-quality photo than we have ever seen before, with close-up shots of dying stars and the formation of a black hole. Researchers say this is deeper into space than the Hubble could get, and it's going to tell us a lot about how our universe was formed millions of years ago. All right, stick around. We're back with this week's Winners and Losers next. All right, time for this week's winners and losers. Casey, I'll start with you. Yeah, winners. Uh, teachers and schools, uh, students, we uh, heard today the governor allude that some of the state's surplus may come their way. Um, I'll reserve my loser for Abdul. I think we have the same loser. Abdul. Uh, my big winner is the state of Indiana, $6 billion surplus. My big loser, Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakita. Some days just best either get your facts straight or shut up. Jennifer. I think we're, we might make it unanimous. I think Todd Rakita is everybody's loser, but I'd also say that the... Uh, other losers and all this have the 10-year-old uh, uh, child who is a rape survivor and the doctor who helped her uh, with uh, with her health needs. Mike? Too many losers to mention this week, so I'll go with winners. My first winner is Pat Cipollone, the Trump general counsel, who not only did not contradict the testimony of previous witnesses in the January 6th uh, committee, but also suggested that Mike Pence should be given the Medal of Freedom. And then the other winner is uh, Fannie Willis, the Fulton County, Georgia district attorney who has begun to issue targeting letters for potential indictments in Georgia. You had a column in the Capitol Chronicle this week about Mike Pence. All right, our thanks to the panel. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week on In Focus.